my name is James Pikeaway. This is Potaholics, and this is the PowerWorks Show with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. We're going to be talking about cars. We're going to be catching up on his new business and generally trying to figure out, is anyone buying anything these days? Lots of offers out there. Lots of people thinking about their rides. It's your opportunity to, uh, to, you know, to, to have a thought about maybe, just maybe, it's time for you to invest in something new too. This is PowerWorks, and we got Glenn Power joining us right here, right now. Glenn, you're on the road actually, commuting between uh, yeah. home and the office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going really to invest in anything, uh, need to invest uh, 35, 40 minutes of the time in this podcast. There you go. I, so I, I agree. agree. Yeah, like, share, subscribe, comment. Rate, review, whatever you want to do, get get the uh, get the whole world to know about our works podcast and all the podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, give me a give me a sense now. You're uh, we've been talking about this for a while now. You're you're literally opening up PowerWorks Automotive. What's yeah. uh, what's the status right now? Where are you at? Uh, well, uh, it's a matter of. Basically, later on today, you should be flicking the switch on everything, making sure everything works. Bit of an issue with office furniture, because there's a lockdown. Uh, furniture shops aren't necessarily classed as essential business. Mm. Uh, but so, so a lot of that's got to be done uh, online with with a home delivery. And uh, as you can appreciate, a lot of the home delivery places, um, like IKEA, they're dealing with some serious uh, backlog. I would imagine. I th- and I think, you know, IKEA's just reopened up here, as we know, and it's it's yeah. jammed. People are, yeah. you know, be- people have been home for over a month. They now need to, yeah. you know, and, and it's Ramadan, so people are thinking, hey, I want to replace some stuff. I want to do a little bit of home repair and, and decoration. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's brutal. And, and how many shipments have been coming in? I think that becomes the other side of things, doesn't it? We were, we were out visiting a place yesterday and they said, yeah, we got this and this. Oh, we don't have those things. <laughs> we just have not gotten any supply. No, we've not. I mean, not to the sort of, sort of panicky level of, of, of any sort of shortage, but I have noticed in some of the supermarkets that, you know, the stuff you normally go for isn't necessarily always available now, yeah. so, which is fine. Yeah. You know, we have to, you have to appreciate that, and, and a lot of the time, I'm not talking about bread, milk, rice, fresh fruit and vegetables. I'm talking about stuff that you can probably do without, like a deep and delicious McCain chocolate cake or something. Exactly, and you can manage that. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, it's good. It's, it's um, yeah. So today's going to be sort of the last of the big jobs, and then it's pretty much the stuff that you kind of forget about or take for granted. Yeah. So you know, paint. For instance, um, the, the, the little things like this. Uh, I've, I've got a situation where I've got a bathroom which was already there, which okay. obviously I'll use and the rest of the staff will use. But I've obviously had to make a separate one for the customers because they don't want to be using the one that we're using, which is going to be just by the nature of our job. Um, and then I realised that well, I don't want just one bathroom for the staff because we, you know, there's going to be maybe ten of us. Yeah. So, but we always need to wash our hands. So I've had to take the sink out of there and put that in the in the actual workshop space. So it's always available for people to wash their hands, you know, before they go and get a car in or, yeah. or perhaps before we open the park. Um, that, that's one thing that, that's, that's very important is it was always second nature to me because this is how we were taught to do it. But we used to have to wash our hands and wear gloves before we opened new parks. 
Right. Because if the part's wrong or, you know, it's damaged, it, it's not going to be taken back if the box is dirty or if the part's dirty. And so these are little basic things that for a small business like me, you know, if we open up a four or 500 wheel bearing and it's the wrong one and the supplier then won't take it back because it's covered in grease and oil, that's a massive issue. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just little things like that, that that you sort of take for granted. The drain, a drain down the middle of the workshop to allow us to clean with a separate tank to collect that water. That that's something that I've always taken for granted. And then I realised, hang on, I've got to dig this. I've got to dig this out. And uh, yeah, so that took like sort of four days. And you can't, you, know, you, you think, you know, hang on, why why does it take four days to dig a twenty centimetre hole? Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you need a jackhammer. Well, You're going through concrete. Well, exactly. Yeah, we got four inches of concrete, and um, you've got to put a gradient on it so that the water runs off. And then you've got to put uh, a separate tank. You can't just put that into the normal septic tank. Oh, of course. There's the oil in it, and then you've got to get approvals and permissions, and the offices aren't open, and you know. Yeah. Um, and hey, and Kareem to everybody. Cause now the offices are open. Obviously, uh, the hours are limited because we're. We're in the month of Ramadan, and uh, so the offices hours are limited. So the, the, the people that work for the for the government offices really, you know, they've 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 got a heck of a lot of catching up to do because of the lockdown. Yeah, enforced on them. Yeah, and uh, now all of a sudden they're back in work with less hours because it is Ramadan, and the majority of them are fasting. Uh, so yeah, they must be uh, living some stressful lives right now. Yeah. I hate no, this must be in a, in a sense, as you, as you said, this is really exciting in that you're you're really building this garage from the ground up. Like you've got the space, and then you, you know you you're doing it all and discovering all these little things. Like like you said, you've got to have client toilets, you've got to have your own toilet for for the staff, you've got to have a, a place for you to wash your hands. One of the one of the cool things that I saw, and I, of course I've been stalking you on social media as you've been putting up the PowerWorks stuff, and you've been uh, on your own, uh, Glenn, that car guy social has been showing the fit out in a sense. And one of the things I found really interesting was that you're using, you've, you've converted cargo containers to create the office space. Yeah. So, um, it's, it, it was possibly there's, there's two moments in my life where I can tell you that a light bulb went off and that sort of cartoon image of a thing light on has happened twice. Once I was, uh, just about to approach the top of the mountain in the Lake District in the UK, uh, having whined and moaned all the way up about not understanding why we were doing this. This was part of my VW apprenticeship training in the 2000s. Uh, I, I could not, for the life of me, understand all the way up why I had to do this. I got no idea why I had to do this. I'd much rather be sat reading my Hillier's um, fundamentals book of motor vehicle engineering than climbing up a mountain game, having to rope each other up. And then about halfway to three quarters of the way up, I realized when, you know, we got people that weren't quite as fit and healthy as me. And I know I'm no matter, but, you know, I was relatively fit and healthy. I played football and I was helping the people that weren't. Uh, it, it was good. And then there was an end in sight. It was an amazing view, amazing scenery. And then the end was in sight. We got, so, so the light bulb went off and I realized why people challenged themselves like that. Second time, was when I was talking to Colin, but we will fix it. And we're in the warehouse, but it was just a bare bones warehouse. I don't even think I'd knock some of the existing structures down that were in there. And we're talking about the office fit out. 
And he said, why don't you do shipping companies? Mm. And it was like instantly just hit me like exactly that's exactly what I need to do. That's exactly what I need to do. There's, there's no, and then there was no way you're going to convince me any other way. Um, <laughs> it turned out to be more economical than, than, than doing it with a, as a freestanding structure with, you know, with plywood or uh, plasterboard, chips and board. So it was, it was, it was cheaper. It wasn't quicker. I mean, I'd, I'd have probably, I'd have probably been open and operational had I gone the other way, but I'm much, much more uh, happy than I would be. Let's put it that way with, with how they've come out. You know, the, the, the panels of these things bolt off as, as pretty much uh, relatively easily. Um, so that's allowed me to put glass panels in that face the workshop from the customer perspective. And uh, it, it just makes for a, it makes for quite a quite an interesting you know, centerpiece really as you come into the workshop. You know, um, the only difficulty really was getting them in and, and, and until I got them in I couldn't put my lifts in, which is ah. for the last couple of days. But they were they've been ready to go for a month. But with lockdown and, and other issues, the the, the guys that, that, that converted the ship containers they they had a delay. Yeah. Nobody was getting angry about it that way. And move on, and, and there was a couple of days where I was literally just sweeping dust out of there because there's nothing else to do. Mm. But uh, it's all worth it, in the end. I'm really happy with how it turned out. I love the idea, as you said, that that your shipping containers almost create a gallery effect so that, that, that your clients can be sitting in, in the gallery watching the car being worked yeah. on. They can they can fully see everything, nothing's being obscured. That's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've, they've, um, there, there are some, there are certain kind of persons, and, and I would say I'm probably not that kind of person. Although that might surprise some people, I'm not the kind of person that would want to sit around and wait for my car to be prepared. There are some people that do want to do that, and there are some people that have to do that. Mm. You know, they, they work 25, 30 kilometers from the workshop, and we appreciate their custom, and we're not going to force it to, to disappear. So, you know, there's, there's there's space for five or six people at any one given time to be sat there comfortably uh, watching. Obviously, if, they, if they'd rather get a closer look and they want to come into the workshop, then, then they'd have to be uh, effectively chaperoned by, by myself or one of my colleagues just to make sure that they were safe. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's very few people that would want to stand in a, in a workshop in June uh, or July. Yeah. Or August. <laughs> so I think in, in behind some glass in the AC, probably best for everybody and uh yeah we'll probably i'm just trying to figure out what to put i'm, I'm going to put a tv in there and i'm just trying to figure out what to put on the tv mm. well, i don't want to do the whole cliche top here dvd but uh I think there's, there's some things i can put on tv and i probably just probably just put the pot stuff on youtube <laughs> Well, you, you know, the other side is maybe this is this is the opportunity to start creating some of your own video content where you're doing some basic maintenance videos and, you know, maybe as you're doing some oil changes to start off, set up some, you know, set up a couple cameras and 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 start shooting that stuff. And, you know, on a really easy, quick kind of edit, you know, it's again, it's time and that which is always the dilemma. But, you know, little things showing people where stuff are in their cars and just, you know, walking around cars or maybe doing you know again who's got the time because again you you know you've got your garage you you know the job is to fix these things and but creating some of that content doing car walk arounds that might be you know it might be kind of interesting 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, there's, there's definitely some uh, definitely some possibility that I would that I would eventually have that. Yeah, it's something that we do quite regularly. Um, one of the things that we are going to do is um, we are going to invite customers in completely free of charge, um, just to to give them an idea of basic home maintenance on their vehicle and, and, and stuff they can do at the side of the road at a pinch, uh, how to change a spare wheel, things that people don't really seem to know how to do, like a, yeah. a lost art these things. Um, uh, yeah. So that, that's something we're going to do. We're going to invite customers in. We won't charge them for it. We'll give a bit of a 25, 30-minute walk around. They, you know, they, we could, we'll use a generic vehicle if there's more than sort of two or three people that take us up on, on these sessions. But if there's only a couple or an individual, then then we can we can use their vehicles and, and show them specifically on their vehicles what, what we would do, how you change the spare. Uh, how you check fluids, how you top up fluids, what kind of fluids you use. These these sort of questions that just give you that peace of mind as a, as a car owner and a car driver that may yeah. not necessarily be like, technically literate. That okay, if I'm if I'm stuck, I, you know, I can I can sort myself out to a certain degree, yeah. and uh, just to get people in and, and see what we're about and, and let them understand that that we aren't just there to to hand them an invoice over and, and take some money off them. We're, we're there to genuinely help them and keep them on the road. And if, if they've got a Volkswagen Group vehicle, then uh, all the more that we want to keep them on the road. So, yeah, <laughs> Glenn, tell me about your lifts because uh, the lifts, are, lifts are an important part of a garage and a, a workshop. And so what did you settle on? Because there's a lot of different types of lifts out there. Yeah, so I've got a shout out here to Texas Equipment. Uh, they've run out of Charger, uh, a fantastic company that I've, I've used over the eight years that I've been here, and um, they they are based. They have a they have a base in Texas in the US, as you think, which isn't always the case with company names out here, but these guys do. Uh, they offer sort of all levels of quality, basically. So this is a strange one, and it's always something that's confused me. Um, Really, and, and I suppose this is just down to me being lucky and working for BW UK. But um, basically, you can go any sort of level of quality. You can go from a, a really cheap lift, which tends to be manufactured in China or India, and these are genuinely just cheaper because labour cost over there and material cost is cheaper. Uh, or you can go for a more expensive one, which is manufactured in uh, some of the European markets like Italy or Turkey, and, and then the top of the line ones tend to be the American ones, especially with Texas equipment. Mm. Now, I've gone for the American ones. The, okay, they're, they're, they're probably a couple of thousand dirhams more expensive than, than the cheaper option. But there's more parts readily available for service and repair, and the maintenance windows on them is bigger, so you can go longer between scheduled maintenance just less downtime. Uh, there's also the fact that they have automatic locks. One of the things that people don't always necessarily understand is when a vehicle's lifted in the air, the, the, the posts on the two posts that we're talking about here, they lift, each post lifts two legs, which is under, uh, from one under from one of the rear of the vehicle. And they then lock in place. So when you stop lifting them up, they'll latch into place and lock. Now, when you want to, to lower the car down, you've obviously got the lock has to disengage. Um, some of the cheaper lifts, you have to 
manually go under the vehicle and disengage the lock. Now, it's safe, but I don't like that. I don't like the idea of it. If there is a problem with the vehicle, then you have to pull the lock out. I don't like that. It, it, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, I'd, I'd rather go for the one that I know for sure is, is safe. Because if there's a problem with the lock on the automatic, what's going to happen is not going to disengage the lock. So if there's a problem with the lift and, and if you manually disengage the lock, there's nothing to say that it could potentially fall down. Uh, very unlikely, but, but I'd, I'd rather reduce the risk of what is an already dangerous job. Uh, how, so, much, how much maintenance do lifts, do lifts need? I mean, uh, it's, it's a funny thing because I, I always think, I, you know, you come in, someone puts your vehicle up on a lift, they do some work, they take it down, you drive away. And as you said, yeah. how often do we actually sit around a garage watching things or your vehicle's up on the lift when you come in and you take a look? What kind of maintenance do they actually need and how often do they fail? Well, it's based on hours. So they're based on hours of operation, really. And uh, failures can be quite common. For us in our region, what we suffer with is heat and dust. So mm. they're, they're electronically, electrohydraulically uh, operated, basically. So you have an electronic motor, which is operating a, a hydraulic fluid, in effect, to, to force a ram up and down. Uh, it's then risk the vehicle and lowers the vehicle. Uh, now, what you have is seals, obviously, which, as we talked about on engines, you know, oil seals and things like that, they, they fail. Now, our workshop is, apart from obviously the door to get in and out, is fully enclosed. So we should be relatively okay from dust, from a dust perspective. But we are going to get leaks. Uh, we are going to get things like we're going to need to have the oil changed course, we're, we're going to need to have that changed. Um, we're going to need to make sure that the cables, uh, the locks, the rams, everything that we that we have on the lift, uh, the, the electrical connections, everything there has to be made sure that it's safe and, and sound. And the municipality requests uh, require a, an annual maintenance check. So basically, a bit like we have to do with your car, uh, you have a company come around, they will load test the lift, so they'll they'll find the safe working load of it, and uh, they'll they'll load a vehicle up to that limit, and then they'll lift they'll lift it up and check that the lift's operating fine with no malfunction, not causing any leaks or buckling or movement. Make sure that it's fixed properly to the ground, that the bolts aren't coming loose, um, that the electrical connection's safe, that the, the motor's working fine. All these sorts of things that, that we have to then get signed off, and they'll put a sticker on the lift, and then we'll see them again in 12 months' time. Obviously, we have to pay for that, but it, it's, a, it's a, a real good thing to do. And in fact, it's something that I'd probably encourage people to do. I, you know, if you go to a workshop, you want to ask them if they're changing even just, just changing the, something that is considered as a basic job like tyres. They should be talking the wheel back up. Now, that's fine if you've got a torque wrench to talk the wheel bolts back up. But how do you know the torque wrench is accurate? Has it been calibrated? People don't necessarily have that in their mind. That, okay, well, I've got the tool okay, but you need to calibrate the tool. The, the torque wrenches will go out of calibration and what might have been 100 newton meters last month. It will click off at 95 now, and that's not safe. Uh, you know, we're talking worst case scenario here, but, but you, know, you have to think about these things and also, uh, the same goes for lifts. You know, do you really want to have your vehicle on a lift that's potentially going to fall down and 
you know, obviously damage your vehicle, but potentially damage a person. Uh, you know, so, mm. so I ask these questions to people when you go there, they're delicious. Certified, or your, is your equipment calibrated? They're, they're putting you on the road in this vehicle that they've worked on. You want to make sure that, that the equipment is calibrated and it's, it's, it's done frequently. The, the other thing that I, I start thinking about, and, and I'm just now I'm just sort of going through a mental checklist. You know, you've got your office set up, you've, you've got your washrooms put in place for clients and for your staff. You've also got, when I start thinking of garages, as you said, you've got your drains, you've got your lifts. What about the whole air tool system? You've got you've to have either a centralized system or, you know, a bunch of, of compressors all over the place. That's, that's another big uh, consideration. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a nice uh, compressor out of Italy from Texas Equipment again. And uh, I basically took their advice on it. I've, I've worked at a few places here, as you know, and they've all had different compressors. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I can say, and uh, when I when I came out here originally, I worked for AAA, a company that you've uh, used before, and... The guy that was general manager there, Frank Murray, um, from Scotland, had been there when I started. He'd been there 35 years. He knew everything about everything. Uh, <laughs> in, in our trade and, and certainly for our workshop, and he knew exactly how to plan for failures that might not happen for five or six years, but he knew it was going to happen. And he'd have something in place that would, would, would mean that when it happens, you can move on. So a lot of the things I've gone through, I thought, okay, what was Frank? Um, there was also a, a when when Frank sort of semi-retired and he was replaced by uh, a guy called Gordon, uh, who who had been running the Rashadir workshop up until that point for about twelve years. Uh, there was a lot of things that he he taught taught me, uh, and and I worked there for four years with Gordon. He was only my boss for sort of about a year of it. But again, I think I think to myself when I'm going specifically with financial side of it, I think myself what Gordon do here. So, so I've, I've learned a lot from my time at AAA. I'd probably say more so than anywhere else. And uh, the, the compressor is one of them where we had a compressor, we had a reserve tank, we had a backup compressor. We, we there, there was never a situation that could happen short of a complete bomb going off somewhere on the side that wouldn't mm. stop us working. And that's where I've tried to go. So. Uh, I got as close as I could to the one that they had at AAA, which wasn't available anymore. Uh, I took the advice of Texas, the guys from Texas Equipment. They, they fit these things and install and commission and service these daily in the, in the dozens. So I just said to them, look, which is the one that you have the easiest access to parts and repairs and is less likely to fail. And again, we paid a little bit more than we perhaps could have, but we didn't. We didn't go and buy the most expensive one. The most expensive one was great, but because they didn't sell many of them, they didn't hold any parts. In. Mm. So should it fail, it's a problem. So, yeah, that, that compressor is um, it's ready to go. It's going to be installed outside of the workshops. They're noisy things. Uh, they, also, they also need some air going over because they get quite hot. And then the pipe, the galvanized steel pipe, will we'll just have a hole through the wall and then they'll, it'll wrap around the side of the workshop where the lifts are and each lift will have a, uh, an airline uh, on a reel uh, and everyone has compressed air that they can use for inflating tires or running air, uh, air tools. Neat. 
Which opens up a big question for me, Glenn. And and I'm thinking, and and I don't know how it operates in the UK. And I'm just thinking to my brother who, who of course is listening, him and Dougie are listening to this program as they do. Actually, interesting one, my, my brother, Jason, big shout out to Jason, uh, who, who's in the garage, basically set up a a guard post to make sure that no one comes in to put the old washboard, uh, the ironing board on the back of his wife's car, which still could happen. Uh, Lockdown is doing him a good thing in Ontario because that makes it a little bit harder to get people in there at night. But I I do know that he set up a guard shack. So uh, I I always remember my brother when he was working with, with GM and doing things and, and you know, you, you'd get your apprentices come in, you get your mechanics come in. Typically they bring in their own tool chest and they, you know, they've collected their tools and maybe their own air guns along the way. How does it work in the UAE? Yeah. So, um, one of the more exciting parts of, of this project, sort of the say trivially trivially exciting parts of the project, is the fact that I'm going to bring my tools over from the UK, wow. along with uh, along with my friend who I work with at, at, at BW, who's currently working for Audi. He's coming out to work with us, so he's going to bring his over, um, and that's going to be great having those back. I'm dreading opening the drawers and, and seeing what's damaged and what have you, but they've been stored in there. In a decent place, so hopefully they're okay. Um, but for the for, for the rest of the staff, we've I've, I've bought tool chest. Okay. So, um, fully kitted out with the tools, three hundred pieces. We've got a lot of special tools as well, which we'll need for brand specific jobs. Um, stuff like the, the, there there are a lot of different ways of doing it, uh, but there's there's very few technicians here that amass their own tools. Mm just because the, the majority, uh, the overwhelming majority of the workforce are um, expat, migrant workers. So just like me, I, I did bring my tools with me because they don't fit in the overhead locker. Yeah. Plane. <laughs> yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to see you rolling your snap on uh, tool chest onde the yeah. plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that's not going to happen. But um, no, it's, that, that, that's one of those things that, you know, again, taking the advice of the guys at Texas Equipment, they, they give warranty on all their tools, which all tool manufacturers do, manufacturers do now. Uh, I could buy Snap-on here, but they are they are even more expensive than they are in the rest of the world. Uh, really? Okay. I wasn't willing to do that. Now, a lot of my tools are VW issue, and then the ones that I put on top of that, like I bought from Snap-on, my, my box is a Snap-on box, for example. Um, and my friend's box is snap on most of the majority of his tools are snap on because he was there before VW tools to their uh, staff. So he's a little bit more senior than I am. But um, here you can buy the snap on stuff, but it, it, it just just didn't make sense for me to do that from the start. Now that's not to say that I wouldn't like to think that perhaps, you know, we pay our staff salary fair enough that they may one day say, I want to buy a tool for myself. That's 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 great. But uh, they'll be fully kitted out. There's, there's nothing that they'll they'll need. Um, hopefully, we shouldn't need anything from a day-to-day perspective. There may be the odd job where we you know, we have an engine that we've got to strip down, and we need a different sort of tool to remove one of the head bolts or something like that. But you, know, you can't plan for all of this stuff. If you did, you'd be you'd never open it up. You'd just be constantly going. So. Um, 
most eventualities uh, covered and, and, and everyone have an individual tool chest on their lift. Uh, no reason to, to to step away from your lift. Everything's going to be up there. Everyone's going to have a, a mobile phone. Everyone's going to have that with Wi-Fi connection so that all vehicle reports will be accompanied by a, a short video on a walk around pointing out any major defects and some photographs of, of those defects as well. And uh, they'll be shared with the customers. I kind of like that idea of, and I know you've done that for me when I've brought my vehicles over to your, your previous, your previous uh, employers where you, you know, you've been able to get onto the WhatsApp and you said, okay, here, here's the, here's the, the eight photos of the things that are failing on your car. And, you know, as opposed to saying, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, it's this transmission linkage and I'm, I'll be sitting there going, I have no idea what a transmission linkage is. And then there's a picture of it. And you go, oh, okay, I get it. And this is what's the problem with it. I, th- I think that's a, I don't understand why more garages don't do that. No, I, I think obviously a lot of it comes down to the fact that, you know, it, it is still quite a, it is still quite a closed industry. Mm. Much as, you know, there's a lot of people that, that feel a bit intimidated by going to a workshop, and that, that's part of the reason that the reputation of the mechanic isn't that great. They're not always that welcoming, they're not always that forward with with information. And, and, and I've worked, look, I've worked in the past with, with people that had knowledge of certain systems on vehicles, or, or, or they may have been more senior than I was, or more qualified than I was. They, they they didn't want to share that with me. Whether that was sort of a, a fear of losing some of their worth to the company, I I don't know. Uh, but but it, it tends to be an industry thing where people tend to try and keep it secret. It's very very strange. But I, I'm totally the opposite. Of that. I believe that if I can get a customer to, to bring their vehicle to me and, and trust me to fix it, then okay, that's step one. But the most important steps come after that. Gotta got to show somebody why they need to spend money on their vehicle and what it's spent on. There's no point telling somebody that, okay, your engine balance failed. So what does that mean? Because in, in, if you just take the English and take it literally, well, my engine hasn't fallen out of the car, so I'm mounting the thing. It makes absolutely no sense to somebody that doesn't understand what, what you're talking about. And, and you can you try and explain things to people in verbally, you can do that, but not all people can follow. So a picture or a video and a little explanation that way is it, the only way to make sure you cover all bases, to build that level of trust with the customer. Um, I send pictures and videos to people that have been my customers for six, seven, eight years. And they say, you know, they, they always, I'll say to them sometimes, you know, oh, I sent you the video that shows and that's how I didn't check it out. I just took your word for it. And that, that's great to hear, but it's not going to stop extending it. There's always going to be a time when you, you, you know, you should think at least there's going to be a time when somebody's going to check up on what you're doing. We used to have it with VW. We used to have a, a, a mystery shop. And the VW mystery shops were, were sometimes quite comical uh, because they didn't necessarily um, remember, uh, let's say, who they were who they were dealing with sometimes. So, so a mystery shop would be, somebody would be uh, paid by VW to, to take one of their vehicles around the country to various different 
uh, dealership workshops and take it for a service. Mm. And then part of our job as the, as the technician was check the service history by checking the service book, checking the online service history on, the, uh, on ELSA, which is our database. And we would we would open the service book and see that, hang on a minute, today's the 4th of May and uh, I'm doing a service on it, but it's already had a service on the 4th of May. <laughs> so it's obviously just come down the road and they forget to not leave the service book. So they, they'd leave the service book in there and it gets stamped. But then they forget to take it out. Now, obviously, some of those things on a mystery shop, yeah. maybe that the previous workshop, that was one of the criteria that they would get mystery shops on. But if we can't have been because we were coming on after that, but they should have taken the book out. At that point, alarm bells are ringing. Then you take the oil out and it's like honey. You say, okay, okay, here we go. And then you notice that actually, there's still fingerprints on the under tray of this car. Well, that's not possible. You know, that, that, that can only be a couple of hours old because it's raining outside. And then, you know, so uh, they, they, they didn't always work, but, but they often did. And we even had a situation where our service manager, um, the service manager is a bit like David Brent, actually, but, uh, from the office. But we, we, we had a service manager that followed him, who was a, he had been a mechanic for a little while. And, he was very keen on, on, on showing us that he knew what he was doing. So he used to go out in the car park and he'd be there at sort of six in the morning. And he'd be going around cars that were on the diary for that day that he dropped off the previous day or the previous evening. And he'd be going around cars and he'd be finding out awkward places to stick these little red dot stickers. And he used to use these stickers on jump cars that were urgent so that it was a visual cue. But he'd go and stick them on little components like hide them around and then we used to sometimes, we used to go in really early and you'd see him scrolling around on the floor and he's back in the rain in a puddle putting his stickers on things for us to find and he'd, he'd put them under the screen wash bottle and he'd put them behind the fuel filler cap which is where it tells you the tyre pressure so you know where to fill the tyres for instance. He'd put them under the oil cap, he'd put, them, he'd put them in all sorts of weird places and then he'd say to, he'd, he'd put on a, on a job card the amount of stickers that he'd put on there <laughs> and then he put on a joint and, and he might put six but he'd actually put seven uh-huh. uh, he might put four but he'd actually put eight and, and and he loved it but it kept us all on our toes and you know I sort of begrudged it at the time because it's, I thought why am I why am I doing this you know I know what I need to do I know my job is everyone has that sort of attitude that's not my job especially when I was younger uh, so I didn't think I needed to learn anything but it was, it was just all about checking up on us and making sure that we were doing an honest job and, and doing right. And the service manager gained absolutely nothing from it. If anything, he lost efficiency in the workshop because we were all running around looking for these chicken pots that he put all over the car. But he had the fact in his head that he knew his staff were honest, they were working on it, and they weren't going to be shortcutting or stumping on, on service level. That's very, very important. And that's that, that's remained important to me ever since. In fact, it's more important to me in the time that I've been here because I, I have seen some some situations where customers have been shortchanged and, and even lied to on some instances. So, yeah, it's, it's very important to me to be open. I, 
it sounds like this it sounds like your workshop is is really coming along and it sounds like you're gonna have some some pretty uh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a nice environment both for the the clients and for the employees and you know a lot of trust and a lot of ongoing safeguards to ensure that everyone's doing their job and that you're giving the the best service to the to the customers how's it gonna work for the entry side of things and the parking outside because you are in a big warehouse glenn what what's the plan yeah, so we're on uh, on Marabea Street, which is a busy road for anyone that knows our shoes and by really busy road. And, uh, so we we have got um, we have got parking at the side of that road, and that's where the customer entrance will be. Uh, there is parking around there. That the block of warehouses that we're in is on the corner, so there is parking around there. Uh, we are going to be be quite sort of forward with, with offering collection and delivery to, to customers just so that it takes a little bit of pressure off of the of the workshop when, when the customer's not necessarily needing to be there at a certain time and wait at a certain time we can pick the car up and deliver it back. That helps the customer, you know, it reduces the strain on their day and their schedule, but it also allows us more time and freedom to work on their car with with less rush. Mm. So there be a lot of collection and delivery. But yeah, there is parking on there. It's, it's one of those things we share a share a block of twelve warehouses with number three. Uh, number four has just become available, so we might be number three and four soon if everything goes to plan. You never know. Um, but we'll we'll get we'll get into uh, we can probably fit about twenty five vehicles in our allocated area. Wow, that's pretty good. Plus, yeah, plus we've got the space in the shop as well. So um, I'm measuring up this morning to see if I can fit a an extra lift in there. Uh, sounds a bit crazy when they're open, but I've, I've just been offered a, a lift just second-hand from a workshop that's closed, and they uh, they want to get it out of there. So if it fits, I'm going to take it. It'll be worth it. Uh, so that'll take up some space for the use to park the car, but hey, it's, it's all good. Uh, we'll manage. And one of the, are you guys also going to be planning to uh, do some mods for vehicles? I know a lot, I've seen a lot of Camrys recently and uh, I actually saw a Golf R that it had some mods put on it. And uh, it's, I, I was actually surprised. I had to take a second look at the Golf R, but it it, it, it was kind of had a lift kit on it, which I thought was counterintuitive for a Golf R. But hey, you know what? If you want to lift one, you lift one. Is that going to be yeah. uh, part of part of your guys' plan? Well, what we're what we're gonna do is we can do everything except for bodywork. My bodywork cosmetic stuff for now until I until I get the space. Um, we'll go through trusted uh, partners that we've, that we've worked with for a while. So modifications for sure. One of the things that we're really gonna push is gonna be um, software tunes and uh, stance modifications. So basically um, upgraded alloy wheels. Uh, suspension so we can lift lower uh, air ride so you know, if you want the capability of lifting the vehicle and lowering the vehicle with uh, air suspension you can do that so there's a there's a German company called Bargain uh, Air which is air ride suspension which will be uh, shipping in on request and doing that we can do anything from a transporter van so who knows we will fix it might be uh, might do some of their lowering them and raising them no, we'll be doing that. We'll probably we'll probably put that on on our own, and uh, just uh, as a 
an exhibition and a demonstration. But we can do everything, every every sort of, certainly every German vehicle we're going to cover. And uh, we, we have options on, on some of the other vehicles, American and Asian manufacturing vehicles as well. Man, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, I really want to have a chat about uh, about the air ride systems and the tech tunes and tuning up your vehicles uh, using technology. I think that sounds really cool. I, I hate to do yeah. this to you, Glenn, but we're gonna we're gonna have to cut our conversation short. I really appreciate you taking the time to do it while you're doing the commute into the office. And uh, our, you know, it's uh, for those who've been listening and saying, "Man, it sounds kind of weird." Glenn is talking to us on his mobile phone as he's doing that commute. And he's, uh, you must be getting close to the office by now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm well, I'm basically just driving around because uh, I've already been past a couple of times <laughs> driving around. So the moment I get out of the car, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to get ambushed by a contractor. Steve. So uh, just driving around while we finish up here and uh, you, you need to go and, and educate the youth. I do. I need to go in and do a uh, media criticism class. You need to go in and measure up for that lift. And you know what, Glenn, we'll, we'll catch up really soon. I absolutely look forward to doing that. And, and heck, who knows, maybe we can uh, come and do the podcast just from the, you know, the empty or the, the just newly opened garage. That'd be kind of fun. That would, that would actually be a real hoot to do that. So maybe yeah, I forgot to do that, yeah. Yeah, that's what we got to think about doing. Glenn, I want to thank you very much. And uh, you know what? We're going to do it all again really, really soon. You've been listening to PowerWorks with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. This is, well, Podaholics. My name is James Pikeaway. If you want to get in touch with us, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Podaholics with a K across all the socials. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Pass on the link. This is Potaholics.